0: So I just thought about one of the similarities between this movie and the last one we watched.
1: They both have abusers in them?
0: Well, there is that, but there's also like a uh, central set piece that involves whether or not something non-human can fuck. Hi, I'm John.
1: And I'm Bethany.
0: And this is...
1: Home Podding.
0: Home Viewing. It's a podcast where we watch every movie in our movie library from A to Z. What do we watch this week?
1: Newt Scamander, a conservationist story.
0: Yes, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Directed by David Yates. The only movie in this series, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Well, there's only two.
0: No. There there wasn't a second one.
1: <sighs> also
0: that bit at the end. It was really cool how they tried to reveal who Colin Farrell was and it just turned out that he was Colin Farrell the whole time.
1: Trying real hard. Oh
0: no, I just can't accept Johnny Depp was Grimble Gore, you know?
1: Well there's that other fun movie where they like stab him a bunch of times, so does that make up for it at all?
0: Oh yeah, actually murder the most satisfying part of murder on the Orient Express was watching Johnny Depp be stabbed multiple times by Michelle Pfeiffer and Daisy Ridley.
1: And that's really not a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> if you, it's like the first ten minutes of the movie. <laughs> well,
0: not really. They don't reveal who all did it until the end of the movie. Leslie Adam Jr., you know, Aaron Burr stabbed Johnny Depp. Is what happened in that movie. It's a very good movie. Solid. Listen, you're not allowed to call spoilers on us on Murder at the Orient Express because on the Orient Express because it's based on a book that has been out for not quite a century maybe actually maybe more than a century at this point well the
1: the parallel to that one is they are both movies that we were apprehensive about seeing
0: yes
1: we both walked in the theater being like oh gosh this could be a mistake the fantastic beast and uh murder yeah because i think we just went because there was nothing else playing and because we were at
0: least like vaguely interested in yeah that's
1: back when we had movie pass
0: well, we saw Fantastic Beasts before Movie Pass.
1: No, but Murder. On the Murder, Ridgeway, yeah. Murder
0: was Movie Pass. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, we found saw Fantastic Beasts and like I guess.
0: No, we saw that at uh, Midtown Arts.
1: No, remember <laughs> we were home. We
0: saw Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them at Midtown Arts. I remember we because saw it twice then. I guess we probably saw it twice. I remember though because there was a uh, there was someone behind us. In the theater at Midtown Arts, that at the big reveal as to who Colin Farrell actually was, said a scammer.
1: Oh my god! And it was
0: excellent. I like this movie a lot. I like it a lot. I think it's a lot of fun. Bethany clearly, from her enthusiastic introduction, also likes it a lot. Is that correct?
1: It's a conservationist story.
0: (laughs) That is Bethany's go-to. He cares about them
1: so much. He basically has his own like uh,
0: rehabilitation center. Yeah,
1: wildlife center in a backpack.
0: That which is very cool. Incredible. I,
1: it's what Dora was going for, but she never quite made it.
0: <laughs> I just remember the concept being like of the movie being like, "Yeah, Newt Commander goes to New York with a case full of magical creatures, and some of those magical creatures escape." And I, I, I don't know, going in, I think I was pretty skeptical as yeah, well. Yeah, and
1: the tra- I don't think the trailers had a lot of the creatures. Yeah. So we were like, wait, is it going to be just him running around looking for these, like, f- invisible things?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I thought that... I think I was also skeptical of the Eddie Redmayne casting because I... <gasps> at the time. Because I think the most recent thing that Eddie Redmayne had done was um, Theory of Everything at that point. Had you even seen and that? Then before, no, I hadn't, but I just wasn't that interested in in it i thought it ended up being a good performance oh and then before that he did um that backwards and heels and poppers performance for uh jupiter ascending did you did i ever make you watch jupiter ascending yes we did you you remember his performance in that i don't be happy i
1: tried to forget most of jupiter ascending
0: even uh wolf boy channing tatum
1: Like I said.
0: Wolf Angel Boy, Channing Tatum. I forgot about that detail. Sean, part, part B, Sean, uh, Sean Bean. Sean Bean, if you will. Okay, what worked for you in this movie? Everything. Everything? Literally everything.
1: You forgot Les Mis.
0: Well, I said the most recent thing that he had done. After Late Maze. I liked him in Late Maze, but Late Maze is one of those movies that it's like, was it good? Was it not good? Was it excellent? Was it awful? You have a different take depending on what scene you're watching, you know? Truth. Mm hmm. Which makes it even scarier that Tom Hooper is making a Cats movie.
1: We don't need to go into that right now.
0: <laughs> Taylor Swift! TS7. Watch out, April
1: 26th. <gasps> Taylor Swift! T.S. Eliot? <gasps> no.
0: No, I don't think that's actually... <laughs> I
1: think I think that's a parallel. I don't there think we
0: go. so. <laughs> I like the intro of this movie. Like, even just starting from the top, starting with that uh, shot of Grindelwald from the back. Oh, no, I pronounced it right! <laughs> well, actually, technically, I pronounced it wrong within the movie, because they all pronounced yeah, the W old. as a W.
1: They're Americans. Why would they pronounce it right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> when Grumblegore blows up all those um uh, blows up all Grimes, those or what, what wizards? Is he called <laughs> Gellert?
1: No what's his name in the Grum Grumby? What's his name? What's Colin Farrell's name?
0: What's, what's, Colin what's Farrell's his fake name? name. Graves.
1: Graves. There we go. <laughs> that was close.
0: Yeah but well you see you see him before he's disguised as Graves blowing up all those wizards and then it cuts right to.
1: Oh you do? Yeah. With the Johnny Depp version? Yeah, the Johnny Depp version. The Nazi version? Yeah, the
0: Nazi version, because you see the spiky yellow hair. And then it cuts to that newspaper montage, which I think is really good. The uh, collage of newspapers and all the different ads and stuff Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. with the headlines in all the different languages. And then you see, like, you kind of get... I mean, it's it, sometimes it's a, it's a it's a gimmick, a, a little bit like to get like a bunch of storytelling out of the way at once and like set the stage. But then you know Shakespeare did the same thing with like his prologues and stuff like that. I think I think it's a really effective visual storytelling to do, especially when you're gonna when you're about to tell a story as contained as Fantastic Beasts itself. Like you've got a lot of stage setting to do to understand the socio political ramifications of the world, okay, and, you know, the going era deep. that we're in, going deep to really. Make it work, in my opinion.
1: I think that's one of the things they really had going for them, the era that they set it in. Oh, the 1920s? Because they actually did a good job, like, keeping within, like, the style and oh, the Oh, absolutely. Cultural. Even though
0: some of the stuff that was happening on there seemed, like, just kind of out of place in some ways. Um, oh, well,
1: that's nothing compared to the part two. <laughs> yeah.
0: I feel like it's going to be hard to not think about part two as we're doing. Talking about this. Because we saw part two and we were so disappointed by it.
1: It was sad. Maybe part three will make it all tie together.
0: I just don't. In the worst I way. I just don't think so. I just don't see it working that well. Um, is Um What this movie really has going for it is the beasts. The, beast. the beasts. The first introduction we have of a beast is just an excellent, excellent sequence. I love the Niffler sequence so much. Because it reminds me of my dogs when they want food.
1: <laughs> a Specific dog.
0: Athena. <laughs> no, that one scene where the Niffler is on the cart and he like splays out his arms to like protect all the gold. <laughs> <laughs> He's a sneaky boy. They do a Actually, really good job. Is the Niffler a, a she? Maybe. I, I was don't just know. thinking because there are the baby Nifflers in the second. One. That would imply that he has a mating pair, doesn't it?
1: I don't know. We or don't maybe he get rescued the baby we Nifflers. We really don't need to get into that. I don't know.
0: I want to know important. about magical beast biology. I want to
1: know. Well, they're all based on like... Like that Nifflers is basically like an echidna and like...
0: It's, it's, it's like an echidna and a platypus. platypus.
1: Or like... No, some kind of like other like... A
0: mole. It's like a, a mole? mole meets a platypus <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> but like also a marsupial because it's got the
1: pouch. I don't know. It's incredible. Uh, it's kind of like those uh, those generators from, like, the early 2000s where you, like, combine, like, the eyes of a lion, <laughs> the, the hands of a horse.
0: Except this is all just Niffler. Yeah. It's 100% pure but it's Niffler, like, baby. It's all, it's
1: all, like, those mashup machines.
0: <laughs> he is the scene stealer of this movie, mm-hmm. I think. Because he has multiple sequences. He has two main sequences that are just both excellent. But even, like... There's one part where where he's hiding behind the the picture frame and, and the picture falls off the wall and you see him there and he just <sighs> looks so self satisfied.
1: It it definitely had that whimsy air of like the early Harry Potters.
0: Absolutely it did. Which when you think about that this is the guy who directed the later Harry Potters, you're like, oh. Hmm.
1: Makes sense.
0: Well he directed he directed Goblet of Fire. Um Oh, oh that's wait, no, no, he point. didn't direct Goblet of Fire. Oh. He directed Order of the Phoenix, um, Half-Blood Prince, and both Deathly, Deathly Hallows. Oh. Which,
1: Did he direct the second Grimble Bald?
0: Yeah, he directed Grim- Grimble Boar.
1: Huh. What happened? Someone different think, write it?
0: Well, J.K. was the writer credited on both of them. False. <laughs> <laughs> J.K. probably gave them the concept in the main someone, story.
1: Someone else wrote this, but I'm sure she... I guess she... Like, she gave them the lore. She had a long... So here's my well, thought. Just remember when... She had a long time to think about the first one, right? She's like, maybe they'll make a movie about this. I'm going to sit on this for a little bit. And they're like, well, JK, we need another movie like next year. And she's like, okay, let's dive into some fanfics.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> it's... Because
1: the second one was basically a fanfic.
0: Well, kind of like Cursed Child.
1: Oh, wait. No, that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. It's not real. That's a piece of shit. <laughs>
0: I remember reading the plot summary like on the night of the previews and it was just <laughs> such a mess. Man. I'm still
1: traumatized by that open reading. Don't you
0: don't you still have like a book the book copy somewhere? I've here? never
1: bought the book copy. You never bought the book Mm-mm. copy?
0: I'm glad we did. I
1: said it's that's cursed. I'm not touching that. <laughs> it says it's, oh, on the book. Don't buy that. No, I refuse to buy plays that aren't that are from this century. Really? That's some bullshit. I should just go see it. But I don't so like, I don't want to like dress- reading plays.
0: I love reading no,
1: plays. No, there's not enough uh, visual like, descriptions. So,
0: so you're not going to do our Shakespeare podcast?
1: No, that one was written a long time ago. I said I'm not going to buy you from this okay, century. Oh, from the
0: century, okay. Yeah. What's, because what's I, the name I, I can
1: easily go like see something like you know, that.
0: So, yeah, look, look out for the first episode of Shakespeare Ain't Copyrighted at some point in the future. <laughs>
1: no one listens to this podcast and won't hold us accountable to them
0: <laughs> we love you listeners all five of you
1: Us well, being very generous maybe
0: <laughs> the cast is very good because they have chemistry like
1: oh yeah that, all of them that, have chemistry. That, that that squad the four of them mm-hmm. big chemistry absolutely big vibes
0: like and not even like sexual chemistry no, necessarily like, they, they well, have they, they play off of
1: each other very well it's also kind of that magic when you meet someone and you're like wow you're really cool or you have some kind of goal together mm-hmm. it's like friend chemistry mm-hmm.
0: sam waterston's daughter katherine waterston
1: no who's the senior waterston
0: sam waterston what do you do what did sam waterston do what, it, Waiting what, for you to tell what me. did Sam Waterston do?
1: Listen, the other people listening to this don't know either.
0: This is Sam Waterston. <laughs> From Law and Order. The news...
1: Wait, is that he's I'm... not I'm... in Barry. Who's that guy?
0: He was in the newsroom. He played the news executive. That's oh. what you would know him as. But he's also in... Um, okay,
1: look at the picture of the other guy in the and then compare them. What other very guy? very similar.
0: Are you thinking of Stephen Root? Probably. They look entirely different. Stephen no. Root is round. Sam Waterston is bony.
1: All white guys are the same.
0: That's fair But yeah, Catherine Waterston is a lot of fun in this As a Tina And then you've got a fine frenzy playing I forgot the name of the sister And I can tell from the look on your face That you don't remember it either
1: (laughs) They don't say her name very much Queenie Queenie. They don't say any of their names very much
0: Yeah, they just say Mr. Scamander a lot (laughs) Everyone refers to him as Mr. Scamander Like, what is the other guy's name?
1: What's the nomad? Jacob Kowalski. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's very, it's not, this isn't, a, <laughs> like, their dialogue isn't like, oh yes, Newt, how are you today?
0: It's Mr. Scamander, you dropped your case! <laughs> 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 the New York accents were
1: pretty fun. T- I,
0: I liked that Tina's first scene is her eating a hot dog. Yeah,
1: that was cute.
0: <laughs> and then Queenie judges her later for eating the hot dog. It's not very wholesome.
1: I remember. Oh my God, that food scene where all the food when
0: they make the strudel when she's
1: uh quote cooking. It's basically just magicking things Mm -hmm. into being cooked, but it's incredible. And I, I think I said out loud, I wish I could cook like that because that would be ultimate. Man, I wish
0: we had seen this in IMAX. It was apparently released over in over a thousand IMAX screens worldwide, and it was only the second time a movie has ever done that.
1: Wow! Do you want
0: to know what the first one was?
1: Lord of the Rings.
0: Nope, Doctor Strange.
1: No. <laughs>
0: it makes sense when you Make consider it go the, the visual effects in that movie. Make
1: it go away.
0: You don't want you don't want Benedict Cumberbatch's American accent. his wait, American accents.
1: So is three D not IMAX? Oh, well
0: there's three D and then there's IMAX 3D. 3D is just three D. IMAX but, is wait, the giant screen.
1: Those recent Hobbit movies, they didn't have that many of them.
0: I was it eight hundred and
1: twenty or something? <laughs> no, those Lord of the Rings movies were all in IMAX.
0: Sixty-five years before the events of the first Harry Potter film, nineteen twenty-six. So if we,
1: Oof. so
0: the first Harry Potter, Tragedy was set in almost str- again. Mm. New Salem Philanthropic Society is the name of the antagonists. Yo. in this they were interesting. That, well, no, because it was basically fundamentalist Christians who were like, witches and wizards are real, and it's kind of an <laughs> echo of, well, I don't know, I just thought it was interesting that they were, like, feeding the street orphans on the condition that they spread their propaganda mm-hmm. in the streets, which just seems very... It's smart. Relevant. <laughs> Well, Wait. no, it's interesting because you see... Relevant?
1: What, Who's feeding children and making them spread their propaganda? Well,
0: no, I just think about how a lot of, like, organizations that are under the guise of helping the poor mm. are, like, actually spreading their agenda. Like, Salvation Army. Oh,
1: you mean, like, mission trips?
0: Or, like, Salvation Army, which is a really good example. Oh, God. Who are basically radical right-wing and awful. <laughs> um, John Voight really didn't need to be in this movie. I wonder which how one is that one. The newspaper editor. Who? You see exactly the that, guy with you don't... the
1: nice haircut. Um, the young looking guy. No,
0: no the the guy the young looking guy's father. Who? Yeah, the guy the guy whose son is the senator. Oh, the old, guy. Yeah yeah, the yeah, old yeah, guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. You should have said that. John Voight. It, listen, I'm sorry that I I Why
1: expected you know to recognize old who John
0: Voight is. <laughs> he was in the first Mission Impossible movie. He's he's John Voight. Never heard of him. Deliverance. Who? The the deer hunter? No. Angelina Jolie's dad? Really? Yeah, really.
1: That would have been more relatable than any of the other things you just said.
0: (laughs) He was in Holes. You would at least know him from Holes. He played Mr. Sir.
1: You got to go dig dig those those
0: holes.
1: Man, that's a throwback. Hmm. That was a good movie.
0: Holes? Oh, yeah. Absolutely a great movie. With maybe some questionable editing choices at some points... But absolutely of its time, editing choices in that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm just thinking about the uh, montage of Kate kissing Kate Barlow, like, robbing stagecoaches that was, like, color that was, like, made to look like newsreel footage while you've got, like, an outlaw country song playing over it. It
1: was great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Favorite creature. Go. Other than the Niffler. Because Niffler takes top spot for... Both of us, The I problem know. is
1: I don't remember their names.
0: Describe them to me and I will give them the I app.
1: like the long-haired guy that looks like a sloth.
0: The demi guys, Yeah. The, the the invisible sloth babysitter?
1: But I also like that spiky lion. Spiky?
0: Oh, I don't remember the name of yeah. that. Yeah. Because he's only on screen for like one second. Uh-huh. That's the thing. I, I could have spent the entire movie in the Well, case, here's the funniest know?
1: thing is when I was little... Or yeah, not little, but younger. I downloaded the fanta- the the book or whatever, oh. but it was really f- boring to read because it was just like, "Here is a phoenix. It flies in the sun. Next creature." And you're like, "Wait a minute! I, you only get like one page description, and it's very vague it's like and not an encyclopedia entertaining." Of yeah, features. it was strictly an encyclopedia, which even like you would think that nerd me would like that, but I did I was not entertained. Mm-hmm. Probably because. It was also written by J.K. Yeah, <laughs> I want your world, but not your writing anymore.
0: J.K. did a good job of giving us the idea for the world, and now she keeps mucking yeah, about. Yeah,
1: now go it. off the go away. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay you for your TM, but otherwise, um,
0: I liked I liked the Akami a lot. The the snake that grew a trank to fit the available oh, space. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. loved. Oh, can we talk about the Akami sequence? Which is yeah. so. Good. Definitely so
1: like a, a play on like calamity, like <laughs> um, like um, like it like is like one of those setup like sla- disasters, like a slapstick, a slapstick pl- pl- yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. But I just think about the shot where Jacob is holding the cockroach and
1: you see <laughs> the Oggy like
0: right there looking at him, and then you have the that slow also the slow motion sequence when he throws the cockroach through of slow motion because it well it does a very good job of elevating the tension but it also elevates the comedy mm-hmm. that's the thing this movie had a lot of excellent comedic moments yeah where it played like the characters like peril for slapstick points yeah. you think about that with the erumpent scene too when they're at the zoo the what the the erumpent, that's which what one is that one? The, the, the giant hippo rhino
1: oh I did not like it was <laughs> gross looking but I think it looks like a bunch of boils about to pop. Like, Well, I mean, that's nasty. the point. It's,
0: it's got, like, that horn that, like, makes things, like, kind of erupt. Which is, like... Oh, what, God. what she did to the oh, tree.
1: Oh, God. But
0: I just think about no. when the, the monkey steals the, uh... Steals...
1: About to erupt.
0: Okay, but what about the baboon stealing the wand, though?
1: I did like that they were at the zoo with <laughs> these, like, normal animals. That was really cute. Which is what I
0: think... Well, I think I think that lion scene after they get they oh, get the nipple nip really, from the store. Oh and it really it really made me
1: have like old zoo nostalgia just for like the the architecture of it cuz
0: mm-hmm. some of those
1: cages are so like gorgeous but bad But when, <laughs> bad they're, re- when
0: they're repurposed they can be really beautiful. Yeah. I feel like um well, the people... Knoxville Zoo did a does a good job with that where they've got those circular cages that they have as bird habitats. Yeah. And they're yeah. clearly like Vintage zoo architecture, uh-huh. but they're still good habitats for their birds, and they're very pretty. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gives you, like, a really good angle to see them from anywhere in the habitat. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, would we keep, like, lions or seals or anything like that in the kind of enclosures that we were looking at in that Central Park Zoo in there? Mm-hmm. Uh, no. No, 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 no. I think that the Jacksonville Zoo has the best big cat <laughs> exhibits. Because they have that really good uh, tiger walk. hmm that I talk about every opportunity yep. I get. The tiger was right above me walking in circles. I think he was hunting me. I, I would don't,
1: I don't think so.
0: <laughs> you don't think I'm a tasty morsel? No. Then why'd you
1: marry me? I don't know. <laughs>
0: um, I think my favorite was swooping evil, honestly. What? Specifically the, the fly, the flying thing that they used to get uh, the the flying thing on the string that Newt used to get out of the uh, Ministry when they had been captured the, the the like reptilian one and he was like tackling the Aurors and stuff like that and then specifically he like had one down and Newt had to say to him leave his brain because <laughs> <laughs> he had that like panting thing like <sighs> I don't
1: remember that one oh
0: yeah no he was like he was like a, he had like reptilian wing looking wings Can you and like it? A, yeah I'll show you a picture this boy. Uh. I love him. He's scary. But he's, like, adorable, I'm sure too. He's a
1: swooping evil. That's what
0: he said. He said the, lo- the locals call him swooping evil.
1: Oh, the phoenix. The phoenix was amazing. It's not a
0: phoenix. What was the it? Thunderbird.
1: Oh, it was a Thunderbird. Yeah, it was a Thunderbird. Oh, no wonder. I've been so confused this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it looks like a Thunderbird, but I think it's a phoenix, but I don't know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Did he ever say his name?
0: Frank. Frank uh- the Thunderbird. <laughs>
1: But I just love when he goes into his like. Oh, his his suitcase looks like, like a vin- like a vintage museum kind of. It's got yeah, those actually, gorgeous got the, painted the backdrops. Matte, the matte paintings. But also, uh, it's like a mix of those those backgrounds, but also actually being in that like environment. Envir- oh, Oh, so cool. Yeah. It's like a living museum.
0: Oh, I th- I think about the uh, the one bird that had like the apparating chicks. What the the, bur- the little the little chicken looking one that's like walking around on the ground? Oh, uh, the little the chi- duck, the yeah, pink ones. Yeah, and the chicks like apparate in front of it.
1: Oh, it's cute. That was cute.
0: <sighs> oh, um, something. Okay, I- I've got a really good what worked that's gonna transition us really well into what didn't work though. You know what worked and who does work? Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman is. I didn't realize until this viewing, and we've seen this movie like four or five times. I would say at least.
1: Mm, I'd say like
0: we've seen it twice since we at least twice before this one since we bought it on DVD. Yeah, Hmm. absolutely. I think this was actually an Easter movie that I got mom to. I told mom to give that in your Easter basket one year. Probably. Yeah. Um... Ron Perlman as the uh, black market guy in the speakeasy. The black market goblin boy.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you said that. I was like, what? I
0: was like, his voice is really familiar to me. His voice is really... Fa- oh, shit. That's Ron Perlman. <laughs> and Bethany was like, who's that? And I was like, Morrow from uh, Sons of Anarchy. And she was like, oh! He was really good. He's good at playing that kind of like black market guy. Because mm-hmm. um, that's the same character he plays in Pacific <laughs> Rim, essentially.
1: Oh, my God. Do you know what I just thought of? What? Was it Hog Wild, the Dad movie?
0: Wild Hogs.
1: Wild Hogs. Yeah, with I don't think um, it was.
0: with uh, with John Travolta, Tim what? Allen, uh, William H Macy, and Martin Lawrence. It was
1: incredible.
0: Yeah, I couldn't finish that movie when I watched it the first time. I think it was a second-hand embarrassment thing. Probably. Yeah, uh,
1: it's a dad movie.
0: Absolutely, is a dad oh. movie. But that transitions me to what didn't work, which was that. Elf the
1: jazz singer. Yeah,
0: the jazz singer. That wasn't great. The 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 uh the elf lady who was supposed to be, I guess maybe like a half elf half black woman jazz singer. I
1: don't know, but it wasn't was really great.
0: it was trying to they were trying to give you like Josephine Baker kind of vibes, and it did not work. It was a bad CGI. What? Well, like, like or like it was uncanny. It the kind
1: of comes down to where.
0: And it was kind of like fetishization. Like of the goblins
1: are basically like anti-Semitic-ness. Ooh,
0: well, absolutely. I mean, that, and that's the problem with JK's world is it has all of her biases built into it. That's another thing, too. Some of those house elves were definitely still wearing rags. And I just think that's a fundamental misunderstanding of how America would... How an American wizarding government would work.
1: But then oh, yeah? I think... Yeah. Explain.
0: Well, first of all, the house elves are essentially slaves.
1: Yeah. Oh, we couldn't. They couldn't have had those because we did away with the slaves.
0: Well, they shouldn't have had them. Of course, technically, Britain shouldn't have had them either. And that's the problem with J.K. separating the wizards from the Muggles and nomads. I think because it's this idea that like their ideology is just they have so such different perspectives that their ideologies can't coexist. But I just think if you're gonna make an American wizarding government. Then they wouldn't have house elves as slaves, and in some cases they don't. Like the house elf that ha- is operating the wand shiner is is still wearing the rags, but the so, house elf that the house elf that's the elevator operator is fully dressed in a uniform. You're saying
1: the house elves would have like a union? Actually, yes.
0: <laughs> Unionize your house elves.
1: They'd all have little buttons that say
0: that say Society of Protection Sock or- Club. <laughs> <laughs> Master has given Athena a sock. Athena is free and has destroyed the sock
1: Oh gosh (laughs) That dog is something But I mean,
0: you know, even if you look at the lore That she put about the American whispering community On Pottermore
1: Oh, let's not talk about that Disappointment Well, it's a fundamental
0: misunderstanding of America She was saying like, yeah, you know Wizards didn't really interact in Other, in, you know, normal human affairs So they're selfish and but, didn't
1: give a shit. But
0: here's the thing that I don't understand: she does all the setup to keep wizards separate, you know?
1: Right. Why? But then
0: they have that throwaway line, those those couple of throwaway lines where we hear the backstory about wizarding involvement in World War One.
1: Oh, the dragon riding! Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Where new like, I want an entire movie about like. Wizarding involvement in World War One because there, there's just that one like throwaway line where he's like, "What? You weren't in the war?" and he was like, "I was on the Eastern Front. I was working mostly with dragons." I and like, then like Newt's brother is supposedly a war hero, which oh the oh, war yeah. hero? No, his brother. Which they
1: really don't play up in the second movie. <sighs> they kind of thought... throw his brother away. Like they're like, "Well, he's not that cool." I thought
0: the scene of the um, Wizarding World Council was really cool too. I don't know, I just <laughs> love them all in their different, like, cultural yeah, garden uniforms. Yeah, should
1: the Wizards have had some, like, UN kind of thing?
0: Well, I think that's basically what that was. Yeah. And it makes sense that it would be in New York, but I don't know. It, there's a lot of fundamental misunderstanding as to how
1: pretty much, America
0: works. Pretty much but all the... maybe, maybe it's actually not misunderstanding, and it's just cynicism and realism when you get down to it. The president consolidating all that power and being yeah, the one who says what she says the goes. the other thing
1: about this is all the wizards are either white or, like, half-white, pretty much. Looking Ooh, or appearing. so
0: fair. So fair. There
1: are some black wizard, like, witches and wizards, but, like... But they're
0: all light-skinned black, or or, black women.
1: Or there's not that many of them. Yeah. Also, there's no, like, Asian or...
0: Yeah, except at the World Council scene, where you've got, you know, the Chinese and Japanese representatives and everything there. But it's just it's always been the problem, hasn't it? Is that it's just such from a white Western Mm -hmm. Anglo-Saxon perspective specifically Mm -hmm. that it's hard to account for that. I mean, even the the background shots of New York, Mm -hmm. like the the most nod that you had essentially to the multicultural New York is the fact that it was Jacob Kowalski, which is a Polish-Jewish name, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you didn't really get this idea of New York as this cosmopolitan city and the city of immigrants so much as you would elsewhere. Like, I didn't hear any Spanish, which maybe that wouldn't have been appropriate for the time. No. But like, you would have heard maybe Russian and Polish, yeah. you know? Like, there were a lot of huge immigrant communities. And, mm-hmm. in, in like, Italian. You didn't even hear any Italian, you know? Like, I feel like...
1: That's basically Spanish.
0: If you're gonna set it in New York in the 1920s, you gotta let New York be New York in the 1920s. <laughs> you can't just use the Art Deco, Art Deco architecture for seed setting, you know? And that's also kind. I mean, that's kind of what they did with Paris in the second one too.
1: That pool was barely in that shot. Can you believe it?
0: I mean, with that, I think I'm pretty much you done. Yeah. Oh, the color palette was boring. (gasps) The creatures were great, but the color palette of the movie as a whole was just gray. It was cloudy for the entire movie. That was the
1: point. New York is kind of like
0: okay, but then how do you explain why he had that same gray color palette in every single Harry Potter movie he's ever
1: made? England's very gray. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying, David Scotland Yates seeds is are a very one. Green.
0: David Yates is a one-trick pony.
1: I like, when it comes to color Well, colors. I really like that kind of color palette, and it and it's definitely used to try to set the tone as something more. You see, I just don't think that he
0: necessarily knows what he's doing with the with the visuals of this movie. You can make it look so magical, okay, but, and but, like. This is a problem that he had even in the second one, too. What about,
1: like, the costuming, though? Like, Queenie is such a contrast to everyone else. She's got these, like, pink tones, and, like, like the she's, like, the in-fashion one, and then her sister's a little, kind of more, like, conservative, but she still has some, like, good looks, and Newton has some color pops, too.
0: Yeah, but I'm just saying that I think there are more effective ways to use color than he used. I just, you're talking about how, like, know. British movies don't necessarily have color in them, but look at Paddington.
1: <laughs> Seriously Award for most colorful British movie Seriously Paddington. though it's, it's like
0: There are ways to make your movie more visually interesting That don't involve just having like A bunch of CGI in them And I think that David Yates relies well, on that a little too much This
1: is a movie where CGI absolutely worked <laughs> In some of in, the stuff, sure And that it, like, doesn't always It works for the case. creatures
0: It didn't work for that elf lady Mm, who, who clicked yeah, out
1: yeah we don't need to go back there <sighs> but the giggle water
0: the giggle water was <laughs> fun cute. Uh, okay you ready to rate it
1: mm-hmm. hmm.
0: how many Akami eggs Mm-mm. no not Akami mm-hmm. eggs Demi guys pastries
1: Nifflers <laughs> Nifflers
0: <laughs> I give this 3 out of 5 Nifflers just three. 3.25. A Gentleman's 3.25 out of five.
1: Four out of five Nifflos. Four out of five niffles. I love this movie. I think
0: it's fun. I think it's whimsical. I don't think it's fantastic, but it's, I enjoy the hell out
1: of it. It's something people don't do that often. People don't like to lean into these kind of movies because they're worried that they get, like... What? I don't know. There's, like,
0: a- I feel Well, you see, I feel like... It is something that's done often in that it's a franchise film.
1: No, but. like, using creatures... Like, there's not a bunch of, like, animal movies. Well, people
0: are... It's because people are scared of the Uncanny Valley.
1: It is not Uncanny.
0: Oh, I don't think it's Uncanny, but I think it's because they're magical creatures that don't have, like, real-world counterparts. I think it uses the fact that they're, it's a fantasy to its advantage. But when you have that problem, when you're trying to, say, create a CGI wolf or a CGI baby...
1: CGI, baby. I'm
0: thinking Twilight.
1: Oh God. no! Don't compare this to Twilight. <laughs> well, I'm
0: just saying that's the traps that you fall into when you use CGI so hard. well. The thing I
1: would, the thing I would most closely compare it to right now is Game of Thrones.
0: Oh, absolutely! And yet they have so much dragon money, but no direwolf money. Sad. Sad.
1: The their mistake was not using real sized wolves in the beginning with and just calling them direwolves because they would still look humongous.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so we're part of the Pocket Podcast <laughs> Network.
1: Um, we're
0: actually going to go ahead and move our release date to Fridays, I think, just with the way that our schedule has been lately. yay. Yeah, it's a lot easier for us to get it recorded and edited every Friday than it is for every Wednesday, um, just because of what our nights look like. So, so get hype. Yeah, and it gives you a whole weekend to watch the movie, so you can definitely do that. Um, our next movie is going to be, and there's some contention on this, I think.
1: <laughs>
0: well, actually, no, because it would be 500 days of summer by default, I think. What? Well, no, there is some contention on this as to whether it should be 500 days of summer or we should save that for the end. D,
1: 500 days, D days. But F is So the we should have already done it.
0: No, it should have been for... No, I mean, no. Do, do movies that start with numbers go at the end or do they go with where the letter is? They go is? with
1: where the first actual... Name, letter, word I think word. it's, I think that it's that supposed to be next
0: It's either 500 Days of Summer or Frozen Which <gasps> I don't know if Frozen should be included Because it's a digital copy
1: Do you want to have a poll?
0: I don't know if See I if want to have a poll you want to vote on it? We'll cover both of them either way It's just a question as to what should be next And I think
1: No, I think people should vote on whether they want to hear should? the Frozen opinions or not
0: That's fair <laughs>
1: Because I'm going to watch it anyway, whether we record a podcast or not. We can not. talk
0: about Elsa's braid phasing through her arm. <laughs> <laughs> Other great, sh- great shows on the Pocket Podcast Network include Avocado Toast.
1: Ghoul cool Tank.
0: Them's the Facts.
1: Uh, no Dice.
0: Yeah, which is a great time to catch up on No Dice, as we always say.
1: Roll, roll your D20s, if you. <laughs>
0: Roll your d20 to figure out which episode to start from the beginning. Just trust me on this. Start from the beginning.
1: Well, I'm just saying for fun, just roll it.
0: <laughs> All right. Um. So until next week, I'm John.
1: And now I'm Bethany.
0: Don't forget
1: the popcorn. Oh, wait. You didn't talk about the music. The sweeping score.
0: <laughs> Very sweeping. Sweeping like the music that's fading out right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's never how you knew it. Nobody
1: looked at it that way, but you, oh, we all saw them drowning, but you were the one with the blood on your hands, singing I never saw the water so good. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket. Hi, I'm Daniel, game master of the actual play
0: podcast, No Dice. Join magic assholes Ixen. There's a score between me and doors, and so
1: far, doors are zero. Perry. They definitely have a lot of daggers happening. They're they're hiding in various spaces. Sayersha. I always love getting stories from adventurers. I
0: I really wish I could just have, you know, one of my own. And a whole host of guest players. You can find No Dice on the first Friday of every month on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or PocketPodcastNetwork.com.